0: Hi, today I'd love to introduce you to VideoBlogs.com, a website that allows you to include sound effects for podcast or video background on your website. With VideoBlogs, there is no reason for your creative needs to be compromised due to budget constraints. You get studio quality stock, including HD footage, After Effects templates, motion backgrounds, and more for a fraction of the cost. Go to VideoBlogs.com, and get exclusive discounts on millions of additional marketplace clips, where you save 40% and can use clips for commercial and personal projects. And if you go to videoblogs.com slash expansion drive, you can start your seven day trial. Hey everybody, welcome back to Data Science at Home. The topic of the day is How to be a data scientist. As you all know, Data Science at Home is a podcast about data science. And uh, also today we are going to speak about data science and data scientists and who are these people, what do they do, what type of skills they need, what tools they use, and and especially what type of questions they try to answer. For large enterprises or for small companies or for your uh, private problems, if you want to run predictions about the, the, your financial situation or when to buy what, etc., etc. This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaletta. So let's get into the show and um, let me set the voice a bit warmer because today i'm gonna introduce myself why do i want to do that because well i am a data scientist and uh, i would like to give you a very brief uh, explanation of uh, uh, what do i do and uh, how did i get where i am basically so an introduction to my career um, just as a as an example of, uh, of uh, well, there are millions of other people like me out there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm no exception here. I just want to talk about what I know and uh, personal experiences, which I hope uh, will be useful for, uh, for others. So I studied computer engineering uh, a long, long time ago now. I have a bachelor and master in uh, artificial intelligence and robotics. At the time I was uh, also following some courses related to data mining and of course uh, a lot of statistics and also a lot of uh, applied mathematics in the form of, uh, it was so called the um, dynamical system or something like that. So before getting into the details of the, of the conversation today, let's, let me define what is data science and who are data scientists. So data science is basically the science behind data that allows you to find non-trivial information about data. Whatever the data is or are, should I say are? Well, if you have a data set at hand, whatever it is, you would like to find non-trivial information. What do I mean by non-trivial information? It's information that is not obvious. For instance, let's assume, I, I do this example. Let's assume that you are in a country and you don't know which country is that? I don't know how is that even possible, but let's assume by absurd that you land to no man's land. The only thing that you can do, well, you you cannot even hear people speaking, so you cannot guess which language they they, they are speaking, so you cannot guess which country you are. The only thing you can do is measuring how tall people are. So, you look around your, uh, your, your, yourself, and there are people, and you start measuring them. How, how crazy is that? Now, you keep collecting observations, th- th- there is numbers in, in centimeters, here in Europe we use centimeters, and you measure people, f- for instance, 175 centimeters, 172, 173, then there is a, a very tall guy, 185, then there are other people a bit smaller, and so on. At the end of the day you go home with your data set of measures and you start analyzing this data now the very first thing you would do is compute the mean so the average person is i don't know 165 170 170 centimeters tall and by doing that what what can you deduce well basically nothing but but let's assume that you know that there are countries in Europe where the people on average are 170 in Italy, for instance, and therefore you have a good degree of belief that you landed in Italy. Now, this is quite trivial, you know, it's it's quite obvious, but let's assume that you would like to go a bit farther and you use the variance of your observations, that is how far you go from the mean, And if you observe that there is a large variance in your data. So that means that you have a guy, 180, and then another guy is 160. And then another guy is 180 again, and and another guy is 152. So you have you have this large variation in your data. Well, maybe you can deduce another thing by your observations that, for instance, you are in a place where people mixed quite a lot. You can also think that you landed to a touristic place where there are Germans, there are Dutch people, there are Italians, there are Chinese, uh, Japanese. Actually, in, in if you land to Milano, there are a lot of Japanese making pictures, and and those you know those are small. So as you can understand, by just one observation, you can deduce and infer very complex. Well, it's again, again, it's speculation here, because we have no elements to think about uh, to make this conclusion. But we are dealing with just one number, the average, well, actually the mean and the variance. Who does all of this? The scientists. Now, now, smart scientists do, do not just do means and variances. They do much more complicated things. But the scientist is the curious mind behind these kind of things. And that's basically the first characteristic of a data scientist he is a curious mind, he or she, of course, they usually uh, define the data scientist as a as a hacker. A hacker is not just a term that is used, it was initially used in uh, software security, you know, these these guys who attacked systems and uh, compromised uh, passwords and credit cards. And, and that's not just that. It's actually, it was never that. Uh, but data hackers are basically people who are extremely curious, and they want to know how things work, and how data are connected. So of course, the data scientist assumes that data are connected. And and indeed, in real life, data are always connected in in some way. Many times, we do not know which ways that, that that's the stuff that we have to find. That's what data scientists are for. And the assumption of data are always connected in in real life scenarios is quite consistent because otherwise we would just live in in a random world or in a world dominated by randomness which is not really the case even a correlation between two observations between two events is already a form of connection so the job of the data scientist whoever he or she is is to discover these connections now what are the skills required by the data scientist today? There is a lot of uh, discussion about this because it's very difficult to define the um, uh, figure of the data scientist because there is a lot of confusion fusion, and, and a lot of, of misunderstanding of what these people are required to do. And also because the phenomenon is exploding very, very quickly, for which there is not a very clear idea of what should be done by who. It's not like in the past, you know, you were an English teacher, and you have your program defined by someone else, by by a board of, of other teachers, and you have to teach Shakespeare for your the next 30 years of, of your career. So what is required by a data scientist? Well, technically data scientists should know statistics, of course, mathematics, he or she must have modeling skills. These are skills that are usually taught at school, in academia, for instance. I I learned this stuff when I was a a student uh, of engineering. There were some courses related to operations research where I learned how to model a a problem that was defined in, uh, in plain English. At the time, it was plain Italian, and the idea of these courses was to translate the problem from Italian or English into a mathematical uh, form—not formula, but a mathematical model, so to speak. So uh, that was, for instance, a set of differential equations, or an operational research plan, or dynamic programming, etc., etc. Another subject that the data scientist has to master is computer science, of course. (coughs) Now, computer science is the tool that is used by data scientists to implement things, to make things happen. That's extremely important because in computer science courses, they usually teach you how to not only to program, but to think as a, as a machine, you know, to translate whatever you are going to solve in the real world as to be translated for a computer that has to calculate things, numbers, matrices, and stuff. So, you need to translate your problem from the model that has been defined before into a program. First, an algorithm on paper, usually, and then a program in machine language. And here, you have programming languages that allow you to do that. We will talk about programming languages in in a minute. The fourth skill is, of course, domain knowledge. (coughs) Now, this really depends on where the data scientist is employed, in which application domain is uh, is operating. I personally was operating in genetics for a while. I, I was required to know a bit of genetics, at least the language that the, the terms, the terminology that these people use, in order to for me to communicate to geneticists, medical doctors, bioinformaticians, and other. Uh, software engineers like me who were dealing and trying to solve the same problem but of course this could be economy, business, marketing, uh, chemistry, it really depends on the on the domain. Let's talk about programming languages. What are the programming languages that a data scientist need to know? Learning a new programming language is a very critical task not by the language itself but the fact that you have to detect trends in the community because you would like to develop in a language that has been used by the community of data scientists. And at the moment, everybody knows that uh, uh, there are two major languages used in the data science community. One is R for statistical computing, and the other is, well, this is kind of a language that I love, is Python. The question is, should data scientists be great programmers? Well, not really. The community of data scientists has developed a lot of tools and a lot of software and written a lot of literature about algorithms that have been implemented in very efficient ways in R or Python. The key to solve complex problems at the moment is not just being able to write code, but to choose the right things and put them together. It's like making a puzzle, and being aware of which pieces go where. However, a data scientist should be capable of programming in languages like R and Python, and this is the minimum required by a data scientist to know. R and Python are the most common languages at the moment, with a number of scientific libraries for crunching data and off-the-shelf machine learning algorithms. If you are more into statistical computing, of course, you better go for R. If you are planning to go to production, you better go Python, because there are a lot of better features from Python, for instance, handling very large data sets and managing memory that R is not really capable of. Last but not least, data scientists and computing infrastructure. Should data scientists know everything about infrastructure? Not really. Those people are usually data engineers, who, by the way, are a critical asset in a company, especially in large organizations, and they are very hard to find, at least the good ones. However, data scientists should know how, for instance, to allocate computing resources for a specific task. They should understand the difference between big data and traditional data, because the dimension of the data determines the type of um, infrastructure that is going to be allocated and used. Being familiar with frameworks like AWS, that is Amazon Web Service, or Microsoft Azure, and cloud computing in general, is another essential asset of the data scientist. Of course, data Data scientists shouldn't be data engineers, but they should know how generally these systems work. It's a bit like a car driver who's not required to know the internals of how an engine works, but he or she should know where to add water or when to change oil and getting to know the limitations of the engine he or she is driving. And finally, experience. Now, there are a lot of uh, platforms that allow you to gain some experience in the field. Kaggle is one of them. But of course, the best approach is to solve problems. This is something that is not written in books, is not written in source code. It's just something that people get by trying and by making mistakes and by solving real things. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. This episode is supported by Abe AI. The ABE.ai platform joins advanced financial machine learning and natural language processing to give banks the ability to engage and support customers at scale using artificial intelligence. Visit ABE.ai to see how we are changing the financial services industry or how you can join our team. This was Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. If you like the show, don't forget to write a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Podbean. You can also find us on datascienceathome.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates. Thanks for listening. Hey, are you still there? Well, let me tell you about the newsletter of Data Science at Home. It's my free digest of the best content in artificial intelligence, data science, predictive analytics, and computer science. Subscribe now, datascienceathome.com.